Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Caroline Winter in Adelaide, Australia. Welcome to Dog Edition, the first show designed for you to listen to while you walk your dogs. Coming up, saving dogs with planes, trains and automobiles. The amazing animal rescuers getting pups to their forever homes however they can. And we'll take a sneak peek into a brand new podcast from two girlfriends who are crazy about their dogs. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup and let's take a walk because we've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? Today, we are marking, <clears throat> marking, pun intended, International Dog Day by celebrating the great and tireless work that dog rescuers do across the globe. Dog Day is all about spotlighting the dogs that need rescuing each and every year, and it encourages finding your new furry best friend at a local shelter or at an adoption drive that local nonprofits and businesses put together. It sure does, Jim, and that's why we're starting our first dog story with a cat. A cat? Yes, a cat. We don't often cross over, but we're going to today. And this cat is a lovable orange and white one, just to be precise. Duber was a, a cat of mine. He was the second cat that I had and had him for 17 years. And as I like to tell people, Duber was an old soul. Chris Roy is an IT professional by day and an animal rescuer, pilot, and superhero by night and weekends. But we'll get to that in a moment. He really just wanted to be loved. And, you know, he would come and lay on your chest and you'd, you'd have the best sleep of your life. He would just warm you up and he... um he was one of those cats that anywhere in the house, if he'd hear you, he would just, you know, cry for you, right? Um, when we had to let him go, it was a it was a sad day, but now his, you know, now his legacy lives on. And that legacy has everything to do with dogs. Dubert is the namesake. The story of Dubert, I mean, Dubert, as you know, was a cat, and Dubert, the software platform today, now is focused on animal rescue. Dubert is actually a piece of computer software and that connects rescues and shelters across the United States with volunteers who are ready to transport the animals wherever it is that they need to go. Think of it like a free Uber for animals. I tell people it's a volunteer-based Uber is really kind of the idea behind it. And then, you know, we've continued to build on it and now there's foster functionality. So if people want to and, and can help foster an animal and there's lots of different ways that you can be a volunteer and get involved. And so we've really tried to focus on, you know, we call them Dubertiers, right? So our, our volunteers, which are, they're amazing people that are trying to do their part to help animals. It is such a unique idea. And it actually started in 2008 when Chris Roy got into animal rescue and was being asked to fly dogs here and there. But Chris's name got around and shelters were asking him to fly more and to fly further and he was effectively becoming his own airline. So I started getting requests from different groups, both locally and then kind of further and further. And, you know, soon you have people in California saying, hey, can you fly out here? I'm like, no, people, this doesn't, you know, not the size of planes I'm flying. So I said, there's got to be a way that I can just put in, you know, where I am, how far I'm willing to fly, what days I'm available. I still work a full-time day job. And, you know, there's got to be an app for that. And there wasn't. So I decided to create it. 
And so Chris had found a way to help himself and the other volunteer pilots fly from shelter to shelter. And then there was that light bulb moment when someone asked him if drivers could also use it. And he said, yes, yes, they can. It turned into the software that combined both drivers and pilots. And it's the only it's the only software. It's all custom built just for, you know, for this purpose is where it started. And so now the rescues and shelters can basically put in where they're trying to move the animal from and to. And the system will break it into legs, automatically plot it on the map, and automatically notify the appropriate volunteers based upon their distance from from the route and the days that they're available. So it does a lot of that logic and really makes it so much easier to plan one of these rescue relay transports. Dubert now connects more than 5,000 rescues and shelters across the United States and Canada, and Dubert has around 32,000 volunteers that are part of the system. Oh, and Dubert has just launched in Australia too, which is exciting for shelter animals in my neck of the woods. And I know he'll be looking for volunteer Uber drivers too. Chris has created such a community that the complaints he gets are the kind that you definitely want. I would tell you, one of the biggest complaints we get is there's not enough transports. I had one lady email me and say she was complaining about another volunteer. I don't remember his name. And she said, he gets the leg every single time before me. I get the notification. I go out there to sign up and he's already taken it. Can you just like block him for a couple of times? And, you know, so it's it's kind of funny, but it's really nice to know that people are that passionate about wanting to get involved. And it's a great way to get involved in helping to move dogs and cats where they need to go. Well, Jim, I think that Chris and uh, Dubert, his software invention, definitely are contenders right up there at the top of the list for International Dog Day and the great work that that recognises, don't you? I do, especially since the whole focus is to adopt more dogs and shelter animals. And the key is, you know, basically the whole supply and demand thing, moving dogs Mm. and cats to where they are needed. And that is what Dubert does so well. It is Pretty amazing and wonderful work. From Uber for dogs to the pilot turned orthopedic surgeon turned shelter dog rescuer. That story is next when we come back. You're listening to Dog Edition. We'll be right back. And now a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. It's a strange thing to do, sprinkle this powder on my food, but I wouldn't have it any other way. My time with you is precious and irreplaceable, and I'm thrilled to be with you for as long as possible. Here's to puppy playtime and senior snoozes. (laughs) No matter how old I get, I want my ever pup. It just makes me feel good in this life. And the next, and the next, and the next. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. 
So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Did you know there are around 8 million animals in shelters across the country at any given time? And sadly, one animal is killed every three seconds because of overcrowding in those shelters. Because every Friday, if the kennels were full, these people are going home for the weekend and they would take care of the problem. Dr. Peter Rourke is on a mission to change that. We only fly from nonprofit to nonprofit. We only fly from the facilities that use euthanasia as a, one of their tools. So we fly from the kill to the non-kill, uh, and we never charge. Peter the pilot, as he's affectionately known, wants us to imagine a world without euthanasia, a world where every animal has a home, where shelters don't suffer overcrowding, and where healthy animals don't face euthanasia. That's why Peter Rourke founded Dog is My Co-Pilot. So fasten your seatbelts. And please make sure that your tray tables and seat backs are in their full and upright position. We're about to take a very important journey. Joshua Approach Animal Rescue Flight 7, Papa Romeo, checking in at 13 3.12 a.m. San Antonio, Texas. The crew at the shelter is gently coaxing the dogs into crates to be transported to the airport. The crews are, they're kind of like the NASCAR pit crew. Those dogs come out of there very rapidly. They get out of the way of the aircraft. And I'm off. At the airport, crates are lined up along the tarmac waiting to be loaded into the Cessna 208B Grand Caravan, also known as Big Dog. When the dogs first arrive at the airport, they're making a lot of noise. They're getting to know each other. They're barking. They, you know, it's a mayhem. By 5 o'clock a.m., all of the crates are loaded into the aircraft. The more dog crates get squeezed in, the more dogs get saved. It's often like a game of Tetris, but each flight involves careful planning. Heavier dogs are loaded in the front of the plane for balance. We always load them so the crates are all facing at, so they're not looking at each other. Once the door is shut, and once I spin the turbine and the engine starts, they get very, very quiet. You have to understand these dogs have been through a lot. Aircraft starts moving, uh, then it gets a little bit louder as I add the power. It's 5.13 a.m., wheels up. And then once we get up to altitude, most of these dogs really are sea level dogs. Above 10,000 feet, they're starting to get a little sleepy. Today we're flying from San Antonio, Texas to Colorado, Utah, and Wyoming. Ah. But there's a curious and smart dog who wants to know what's going on. I'm feeling all this, you know, hot air on the back of my neck. And this dog is up there just panting on my on the back of my neck. And I look up and I see this guy. And I'm thinking, where the hell did you come from? About twice a year, I'll have a dog break out of his crate and then wander up to the front seat. Dog really is his co-pilot. 
Peter Rourke has flown more than 15,000 animals from overcrowded shelters who use euthanasia to no-kill shelters in other areas who can handle the capacity. The dogs are then adopted out to their forever homes. Texas is, is a big, they have a big problem. And so we're drawing our animals from Dallas, Odessa, Abilene, El Paso, Laredo, Hobbs, New Mexico. We occasionally draw out of um, uh, the Phoenix area. And then the rest of them come out of the Central Valley of California. Pam, did you know there is a widely held perception that doctors don't make good pilots? What? I have not heard this before. They, they say it, but it's actually a misperception that's based on a limited report from the 1960s with a very small sample size. But Peter addresses that thought head on by saying that he was a pilot well before he became an orthopedic surgeon. He's had his pilot's license since he was 17, well before he had his scalpel. I worked my way through medical school as a pilot, teaching flying, doing charter work, sightseeing tours over the Chesapeake Bay. I went to med school in Baltimore. Somewhere between 11,000 and 13,000 feet, Peter tells us what it's like to fly solo with these animals. And listen to, you know, a lot of country restaurants out here, and listen to the music and, and just watch the world kind of go by. Now, the caravan might be a big plane, but at least it's slow. So I've got a lot of time. This all started back in 2012 when Peter's wife died unexpectedly only months after their wedding. A call from a friend helped put Peter on his current path. When that friend of mine called me and said Meg would want me to be happy and I started doing the rescue flights, you know, I'm saving them. And when in fact, the secret is that they were the ones who saved me. By 3.30 in the afternoon, the Cessna caravan begins its descent into Utah, its last stop for the day before Peter heads home to Wyoming. You can start to hear a stirring. As we start the descent, they start waking up again, up below 10,000 feet, and they start making noise. The schedule is tight, but this well-oiled machine makes sure that last stop happens by 4 p.m. When I drop the dogs off at that last stop, that's just the start of the day for the receiving groups. They have hours of work in front of them. And I don't want to drop dogs at 8 o'clock at night, and they're working until 1 in the morning. A reluctant hero, Peter admits that he is doing some good. He's doing his small part. But he assigns true hero status to the folks organizing and running the shelters. They're not getting paid for this. This is absolutely a labor of love for them. And they go in there every single day. Sometimes they're looking at these dogs for months and uh, cleaning out the stalls, changing the water, fresh fruit, grooming them, exercising them, teaching them how to walk on a leash, teaching them voice commands, getting them ready for their adoptive homes. Headed home to Wyoming, Peter likes to make sure to depart that last stop before it gets dark. I don't like flying at night. Uh, over the mountains, because keep in mind, our routes will either take us over the Rocky Mountains, the Sierra Madres, or the Cascades. Tomorrow, we'll bring another day of flying dogs to their forever homes. Dog is My Co-Pilot has grown from 42 flights a year and 1,000 animals rescued to 2020 when they flew 55 and 4,000 animals were rescued. This year, they're budgeted for 70 flights and will probably rescue between five and 6,000 animals. That is incredible. 
And thanks to a very generous grant from the Petco Foundation, Peter was able to bring on three more volunteer pilots to help out. Now he gets to spend more time at home with his dogs. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. And on our hunt for informative and entertaining dog-loving podcasters and YouTubers, we've uncovered something brand new for this week. This episode, we're sharing a snippet of Jim's recent live stream conversation on Dog Lovers Live with Girls With Dogs. Tell me about it, Jim. Behind Girls With Dogs, the podcast, are two friends who are actually crazy about their dogs. They're Kathy Bennett and Kimberly Gauthier, who met at a pet blogging conference many years ago. In fact, I was at the conference. I don't recall meeting them there. They don't recall meeting me there either. (laughs) But those two ladies stayed in touch over the phone over the years, and now they've turned those conversations that they used to have on the phone into a podcast, and it's really interesting. Here's some of my conversation with this pair of self-confessed crazy dog moms. We have people, places, and circumstances in our lives for a reason. And all the way back, I think that this was the reason. Because out of the blue, I just called her and I said, I got this idea. And I said, I just think that we have these great conversations on the phone. Nobody ever hears it. But man, I know people would love to just to us ramble like two crazy dog moms. And so she was like, I want to do a a podcast. So it just, um, we complement each other, I think, in the sense, even with putting this together, our strengths are in different categories, which helps make this podcast so enjoyable and not stressful. We are theoretically not working hard at all. We're just saving our conversations for a particular day at a particular time. And it is so much fun. My biggest worry was editing. I thought, ugh, I hate editing. But listening to our podcast a second time is, I mean, I'm texting her like, oh my God, this is so funny. And I'm making notes of like, okay, we need a clip of this and we need a clip of this. It is so, I never knew it could be so much fun. And people can hear that because you guys are having fun on your show. Well, the comments that we've been getting back have been very positive in the sense that we're real. This is not anything that's rehearsed. Kimberly's partner was back there singing and clanking pots one afternoon. I actually allowed Kimberly to interview my adult children because, you know, we talk about how dog ownership has evolved over the centuries or the decades, I should say, and people are feeling like they're pet parents and not owners um, or pet guardians. And I just said, you know, you really need to talk to my kids because they have such a different perspective of what it feels like to leave the home and have dogs come in, and all of a sudden, they are not the most important people in their parents' lives. You had an interesting conversation recently about this whole concept of 
dog mom or dog guardian or dog owner. And you guys did not necessarily see eye to eye on that. It's interesting because I, you know, it's like you do you. I don't care what you call yourself. It's your business. I don't care. But I do find it really interesting when you actually ask people why they have a problem with whatever term people are using. And then they share with you. I mean, some people don't have a clue. It just, you know, it it bugs them and they don't like it, whatever. But there are some people out there that have some pretty deep thoughts about, you know, using terms like, you know, pet guardian and pet parent, you know, beyond it just being a marketing term that the pet industry is using to manipulate us into buying more stuff for our animals, because they're no longer animals, they're our children. Years ago, a group of ladies came for me for using the term dog mom, and it was an ugly, ugly, ugly situation. (laughs) But they didn't like it. They thought it was, um, that I was irresponsible as a blogger. I shouldn't be using it. And I'm just sitting here listening like, use what? What are you, what? Why are you mad? And very interesting that there were a lot of people who did not have dogs but had children and found that it was offensive to their relationship with their children. And because Kimberly doesn't have children, they kept going after her as if you just don't understand. And I, I had to get on and comment because I'm, I have both. And so it, it was, it was bad. Yeah, it was really interesting. But it's like, if you can step out of like, I'm offended and actually start asking questions, I learned so much. It doesn't change me. I'm still going to say dog mom and, you know, and call my kids fur kids and stuff because it's just a cute thing to do. It's not that I am insane and think that I gave birth to dogs at some point in time. But um, I do understand why people have a problem with it. It's one of those things where it's not even an agree or disagree situation. It's one of those, you know, let people be mad. If it's something that they want to be mad about, that's fine by me. It's actually when you dig deep into it, it's pretty interesting. And you can watch Jim's full Dog Lovers live stream with Kathy and Kimberly from Girls With Dogs. That's part of our stream series at dogloverslive.com. Well, that is all for today's episode. I want to thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today. And don't forget, you can hear Jim's extended conversations on DPN's sister show, The Long Leash. Who's your guest this week? This week, I sit down with Patch Baker, who is a military veteran who saw combat. He was in the Special Forces, and he came back with PTSD like so many veterans, post-traumatic stress disorder, but he has a service dog who helps him with PTSD. It's a fascinating conversation you won't want to miss this week. And on the next episode of Dog Edition, we take a backstage pass to one insider's knowledge of dogs in Hollywood. And remember, Dog Podcast Network is for dog lovers by dog lovers. And that means we want to hear from you. Why not leave us a voicemail by going to dogedition.com and clicking the blue button on the bottom right of every episode page. Also, we are looking for correspondence as we continue to grow this podcast. So if you are a content producer or a journalist or a podcaster or an audio storyteller who loves dogs, well, then check out our contest, 101 Dog Stories. There's over $15,000 in prize money. You can check it out on our website at dogpodcastnetwork.com slash 101. And follow Dog Edition in whatever podcast app you use to listen and leave us a review. And don't forget to check out the show notes for links and information about the guests in this episode. 
I'm Caroline Winter, your resident news hound. And I'm James Jacobson. I want to thank you for listening today. Please help us grow our reach by telling your friends about Dog Edition. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.